The Chiefs beat the Vikings. But what? But at what cost? Travis Kelsey injury updates and more on this week's laboratory. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Thank you all so much for joining us. Maddie Lane, hello. How are we? I, you know, uh, it's questionable this moment in time. I'm uh, coming at you from the sun. If you were watching this video um, live, this, this this camera is is bright. It is shining bright like the Kansas City Chiefs were doing last night against the Minnesota Vikings. And I am passing this off to Craig to handle this while I attempt to fix my camera while we continue the show live. I, I kind of want to just have a moment of silence for Maddie trying to do anything with technology. <laughs> <laughs> This is dicey. Like, we might end this If I can punch it right now, we would be flying. (laughs) We might end the stream like a minute and 16 seconds into the thing, as far as we know. So if we drop out, it's because of Maddie, just wholeheartedly because of Maddie. And Tit, my friend, the offense was just fine yesterday, but not great. Uh, you know how, uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I know you tried to transition, but like, you know how Maddie pretends to be in his 20s? Like, bro, yeah, I very you, well, very yeah, no, I, I do know that. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, All right. Yeah, they can't figure well, out, can't figure out lighting. Okay. Do you really want to know how this works? I moved my brightness down and I got brighter. Explain that one to me, kid. Explain I, that I, to me. I will, uh, send it to my proxy, Craig Stout. No. Yeah, that's what. Uh, Craig, did you see the look I on Craig's face, though? It. Craig knew. Craig knew. He knew we exactly. are not getting into it on this show, and we are just letting that lie. We can move on and talk about football. Everyone, make sure to check the KCSN Discord later tonight for uh, the new channel. Craig explains lighting. Uh, you can subscribe to the KCSN sub KCSN Substack. You so you're saying I gotta go the other way? Okay, please hold. I'll try going the other way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyways, thank you all so much for listening and for hanging out with us tonight on this live Victory Monday edition. Obviously, it's a tight turnaround because the Chiefs are going to be playing again on Thursday. Um, So, tighter schedule here at KC Sports Network. We're going to be on live Wednesday game previewing it. I am going to be live in person with my two of my favorite people on the planet. Craig Stout and Matthew Lane are both going to be hanging out at Kingdom Bar with myself on thursday for thursday night football i am beside myself with joy that i get to hang out with these two beautiful people uh also appearing will be tucker d franklin um who is very upset that i did not mention him as well Um, i was gonna say hang on here wow touch touch just got ray on that one well okay if i listed all the favorite people that were gonna be there with me i'm talking about the two people that are on the show with me right now that's all it's okay Tucker is listening in the background, so you can hear everything. But you, this, you are just digging deeper and deeper right now, buddy. I, I'm fine. I'm. I'll stand by it. But anyway, I'm excited to hang out with uh, these two and also Tucker uh, as well. So there, very excited. I see Tucker. Like, Tucker's not happy with me right now. You can't. You guys can't see, but he's not thrilled with me. Um, we it, obviously tight turnaround, right? So, you know, we're getting news updates as if the Chiefs were practicing today. And I don't think it's any surprise to anyone looking at the condition that Travis Kelsey was in midway through that game, pushing through and obviously, you know, fighting through some pain and, and fighting through some stuff to finish the game out. Travis Kelsey with his ankle injury. Um, if the Chiefs were to be practicing today, his injury designation would be a DNP, a did not participate. Um, so obviously we're going to have a lot of questions uh, about that moving forward for that game. And we'll, we'll pay attention to that. And we'll keep an eye on that more on the Wednesday show. But it does kind of lead us into this, right? You know, I got to watch this game again after, you know, everything. And I mean, Maddie, I know you had some adjustments to your thinking on the third and 18 to Justin Watson. Um, but also just it, it was good to see. Uh, let's start with the young wide receivers. There's some reason for optimism in in the shape of Rasheed Rice and in some capacity, Justin Ross. There's, there's some context to the Justin Ross conversation. But let's start with Rasheed Rice. He continues to be the most efficient Chiefs wide receiver on this team. 
he doesn't get the most snaps, but from an efficiency standpoint, he is blowing every Chiefs wide receiver out of the water. I Obviously, it's going to continue to take time, and there's still little mishaps there from a rookie wide receiver. But man, this team really needs this kid on the field more than they have him on at this point because, I mean, good things are happening when Rasheed Rice is on the field. I mean, no, absolutely. The she, I mean, Rasheed Rice played, you know, a very small portion of the snaps compared to, you know, what the starting three wide receivers did. And what was even worse is 30% of his snaps, a third of his snaps came on the one series of the game that Travis Kelsey sat himself out of, right? Like 30% of his snaps came on that first drive coming out of halftime, which Rasheed Rice, you know, obviously got the ball. He ended up getting the touchdown. Like he made the absolute most of it during the entire time. But the Chiefs were struggling to find a way to get him on the field throughout the entire game. And it's it's a little perplexing because, like you said, every time he gets on the field, it seems like good things are happening at a much higher clip involving him than just about any other player on this team not named Travis Kelsey. So what what is the issue in terms of getting him the ball? What is the issue? Get, are all the... I'm not trying to throw strays at anybody else, but are all these little behind-the-scrimmage passes to Kadarius Tony? could those really not be little hitches to Rasheed Rice, which has been a far more valuable play for the Kansas City Chiefs through five weeks of the season? Could some of these attempted sky more into rounds or wide receiver screens not be slants or literal just smoke routes to Rasheed Rice? Because again, more valuable plays to the Chiefs' offense than what we've seen. I'm not even asking for him to have an uptick in the type of plays he's running. I want that too. But even if you want to keep the usage the exact same, why is it not more at this point in time? That's getting a little confusing. It's been like this all year. I know there's reasons for it. Like, I understand the reasons. He doesn't know the playbook. There are some drops. His usage, even when he's good, has been very a very narrow pathway, right? Craig and I did an entire film room on it. He's very good, but it's a very narrow pathway. They actually did a little bit more in this game than they had previously, which was a good sign, but he still didn't play a lot. Like, I get why he's not out there. I just... I get the rationale, the execution, the play on the field, though, says they better figure this out. There is no reason for him to be playing as few snaps as he is right now. There's just none. Yeah, there's none at all. And I don't understand. I, I, I do understand the the reasoning why he's not on the field, but I don't understand why other players are maybe not getting off the field for him to get on the field, I guess. You know, not trying to throw everybody under the bus, but... When they target Rushy Rice, he is getting 7.2 yards per target. People may look at that and go, oh, that's pretty good. That's the same as Sky Moore right now. Rushy Rice has dropped a ton of passes right now. Like, there are a lot of opportunities that he has left on the field. That's part of the reason why he's not on the field on some of these things. His blocking ability at times has not been fantastic. And yet, he is still a better player than Sky Moore at this point in this offense. He is, the things that he does on the field with the ball in his hands are better than almost anybody except, you know, Travis Kelsey and Kadarius Tony. We'll give him some, you know, a hat tip there. And then when targeted there, the way that he can settle into zones, the way that he's able to get upfield and get some extra yardage after the catch, the way that he's able to maximize what's there is absolutely essential to what this offense does. It is hard to watch this team and say, oh man, Rasheed Rice doesn't need more targets here. Travis Kelsey currently leads the, Chief, leads the Chiefs with 12 first downs converted via catch. Rasheed Rice is at 11, second on the team. Like, it is efficient. When he's not dropping the ball, good things are happening when they target Rasheed Rice. He needs more targets. He needs more opportunities. Patrick Mahomes trusts him and will go to him in big moments. All of those things spell, hey, this guy needs more than you know, 20, 30, 40% of the snaps. Get him on the field. Get him those reps and get him used to this offense in a big way so that it can look better than it does at times. He's 15th in the NFL in yards per route run. Overall, crazy. 15th yeah. in the NFL in yards per route run, and the Chiefs look like they are fighting an uphill battle in a snowstorm to get him on the football field. I, I've i been, you know, like I think the last couple games we've noticed moments where he's, you know, maybe missed a blocking assignment or missed execution on a blocking assignment. So, like, 
there's definitely some rough spots that are going to take ironing out for him to get, you know, consistent trust for the entirety of the offense for sure. He's also probably he's one of the more physically capable blockers in that wide receiver room too though. <laughs> so like it's just like there's just like a it's an uphill battle, right? Like it's 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 a struggle to try to get, you know, the right mix of him and and living with some of the mistakes that he makes, but man, like We've been I the, we've been saying this since like week one. I think the answer for this up for this for this group to kind of ascend is through Rashi Rice. The ceiling of this will be determined by Rashi Rice because he's got that kind of talent. He's displaying that kind of talent. I've got an interesting question for you guys about this wide receiver room, but we got to take a quick break and then I will ask you the question right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil or trouble. Manscaped is all new. Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treats this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code KCSN for 20% off plus free shipping. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. There's no trick with this treat. Manscaped has you covered. Get 20% off and free shipping with code KCSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code KCSN. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Ben Heisler, host of Benny and the Bets here on KCSN. And I've been so fortunate to have PXG uh, as our sponsor here at KCSN sponsor of Benny and the Bats. Uh, I think what I've really enjoyed about this partnership is that they have really had an opportunity to dive into Kansas City. And so it's nice to be able to refer people who are fans of KCSN to folks that care about the community, that care about making a presence here in Kansas City. Uh, but also they make ridiculous golf clubs as well. Had the fantastic uh, experience getting fit here with Alex Oren. She is the queen of fittings over at PXG, uh, was the first female fitter in the company's history. She's right here in Kansas City. Uh, did a fitting for about two hours and just had an absolute blast. Uh, really got comfortable with every single club in my bag. And they're going to be able to do that for you guys as well. The best part is $25 fittings right now in the month of October. So make sure you guys come on over PXG store. They are located here in Overland Park, 119th and Blue Valley Parkway. When you come in, make sure you say hi to Alex, say hi to Jake, say hi to Marcus. The whole crew is going to take such good care of you. Check out, they got brand new fall apparel as well. Some great discounts on all the summer stuff as well. Uh, they've been a great partner for us here at KCSN. We hope that you guys support them and check out everything that they're doing as well. It's such a great opportunity. Love the folks at PXG. We know you guys will too everything for your bag. Nobody makes clubs the way we do, period. That's PXG and PXG.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hold on, Kit. Pre-interruption time. Um, you guys both mentioned. You guys both mentioned. You know, Rasheed Rice is blocking, and I've seen some comments about it. Right? Like, yes, he's absolutely missed some blocks. When's the last time though you saw Sky Moore get tasked with going to block a head up defensive end? Yeah. When's the last time you saw the majority of the other wide receivers being asked with taking off, cutting off force playing linebackers or catching the safety who's driving? Like, yeah, he missed the block on Harrison Smith, who guess what is an all pro safety and is still pretty good at playing good runs. Like, good player. His his blocking assignments are significantly more difficult than oh hey go stock block a cornerback that wants no business with tackling a running back anyway, right? So like, I just I do want to throw that in there too. It's like yeah. He's missed some blocks. He's also made some great blocks on a defensive end. Craig and I looked at one from earlier in the Jets game where I believe it was Bryce Huff. He completely seals them, and they run the same pitch play out around the side and pick up positive yards. The next time they run it, yeah, he loses the block because the DN says, I'm not going to fall for this again, and I outweigh you by 70 pounds. Watch this. Like You got to take it with a grain of salt, I think, is all I wanted to say with the blocks. You're asking him to do a lot. For sure. This is a lot different. Uh, basically, MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster are the two guys that they ask to block like this. Justin Watson, they don't even ask to block down a defensive ends in the same way that they ask Rushy Rice. They don't even and ask Noah Gray to. They don't even ask Noah Gray to. Yeah, no. And when you talk about him on the edge, like one of the things that has been problematic with Sky Moore, especially when you give him some of these manufactured touches on the edge, Guess who's just absolutely dominating a corner with a stock block on the outside? It's Rushy Rice. So they do trust him to block a little bit more. It's some of those things that they ask him to do on the inside that he's missing a couple of times. Yes, it's worth acknowledging. He is still a good blocker, though. Yeah, it's just, I think the Chiefs have typically had someone in that mold that's capable of blocking, too. And so I think they're trying to get him involved in those ways. And it's been a little bit up and down. And they just, you just wonder if those are the things that are at least, you know, putting things in the back of the head along with probably a litany of other things that rookie goes through, especially within an Andy Reid offense. I think, I mean, I was listening to Matt Nagy talk a little bit too uh, earlier today at his press conference. And it was like, you know, he's talking about the complexity of this thing, right? <laughs> like the verbiage and all the positions and knowing multiple positions and, and all that stuff. Um, there's one player that, is only learning one position, and we'll talk about him in a second. Um, but I did want to ask you guys, um, you know, Maddie, you didn't, you, I think you mentioned, you know, a little bit more narrow path to success for Rushy Rice. How many receivers on this football team don't have a narrow path to success right now? There is no, like, every, like, I guess my argument for more Rushy Rice is also like, okay, cool. You've got a defined role for him. Guess who has a defined role? Literally every single wide receiver on this team does one thing, and some of them aren't even doing it well right now. So, like, I guess, like, I'm just trying to find this. I'm just trying to find this all-purpose wide receiver on this football team that isn't that isn't you know just kind of niche right now because like the Chiefs wide receiver is just a whole lot of niche right now. You opened up a can of worms here. Oh um, no, <laughs> I. I agree with you that all of the wide receivers are pretty niche right now, and that is that is what they're aiming for. The problem is the one guy that plays the position that isn't a niche, narrow pathway is the guy that's probably producing the least, and that's Sky Moore. Sky Moore is the guy that they can't just replace because he is he's asked to do everything. He is Andy Z wide receiver. Think the majority of what Tyreek Hill does, that they don't trust Sky Moore to run the deep overs, but he does everything else Tyreek Hill was asked to do. Jeremy Macklin. Thank to all these number one wide receivers in an Andy Reid system, that's the position that Sky Moore is playing. He's obviously not having the impact you want to see from that spot, but he is the guy that is supposed to have the broad usage. He is the guy that is supposed to do a little bit of everything, and they're not getting it. The problem is they have nobody to even attempt to step into that role. I don't think Rasheed Rice is ready to be in that role. I don't think Justin Ross, who we're, I think we're going to talk about in a second, is going to step in, ready to step into that role. 
wide receiver one, Justin Watson, isn't that guy. Like They don't have anyone to play that role. So the problem is the one guy that they need to not have a narrow pathway is the one guy that has to be on the field. And it's Sky Moore. And like, I understand the pushback. I do, but there's a reason he's playing. It's because nobody else runs that route tree. None of the young guys right now, they don't feel comfortable with either doing it better than Sky Moore, which is hard to believe, or they don't know the playbook at this point in time. So like, I get what you're saying and I agree. The problem is just like one of the positions they need to do more than that and it's simply not being done. I don't know if anybody kind of slots in well into that role. No, fully agree with that. And we've seen Andy, you know, maybe use guys to a fault in the past. Like you can you can think of Demarcus Robinson, you know, guy guys getting opportunities over some other guys because they know the playbook. They want a guy that runs those specific set of routes. The problem is it with Sky Moore, Marcus Robinson, some of these guys, if you're not getting targets while you're being one of these guys that is, quote unquote, more unpredictable with your route tree, you're you're the guy that's running the more complete one. The corner doesn't know what you're setting up on any given play. It's not like a Justin Ross who's going to run a ton of fades and things like that. It's not like Rasheed Rice who's running a ton of hitches. It's not like MVS or Justin Watson that are going to run a ton of vertical routes. Like, you know what those guys are going to line up and do by and large. It, it's more of an indicator than when those guys that the whole defense knows what they're going to be doing. Like, it, you know, there's not a ton of unpredictability that they bring to their game. There are little caveats that happen here and there. I don't mean to make it sound like those are the only routes they run, but by and large, that's what they run. Meanwhile, the guy that runs the more complete route tree can't get targets, can't get separation, can't find his way into you know, the good graces of Patrick Mahomes as far as a target share goes. So that's, that is startling to me than to sit here and watch all that happen, watch all that go down. Because again, he is tailor-made for a big role in this offense. He is tailor-made to be the type of guy that can step into some of those Juju-esque looks that we saw last year. And this offense desperately needs a guy that can do that. And for whatever reason, he's just not getting the targets. He's just not getting that volume. And it's a little bit scary to think that the guy who, the only guy on the team that can really do that sort of stuff in this offense is the guy that does not get the targets game in and game out. Trade for Juju in three weeks. <laughs> Don't. That knee's gone, man. Just uh. $2 million. It's less than that by the time uh, we get to that point. Um, all right. So you want to talk about predictability? Uh, let's talk about the next young receiver. Justin Ross got six snaps this week. 9% of the offensive snaps. Guess how many of those snaps were passing plays? Six. All six, baby. Ooh, there we go. Uh, Justin Ross. So uh, there is undeniable. I'm writing a full article about the Justin Ross experience this week. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons to be excited about what you saw to Justin Ross. Obviously, there's going to be some drops in there too. We can we can kind of get discussing the full picture. I know there's a lot of people clamoring for Justin Ross to get a bigger role. The, yeah, the he's basically he is he is confined to the X role. He is confined to an X receiver, and. He is what Brett Veach was talking about when he was talking about packages and package players. Mm -hmm. Justin Ross right now, and, and obviously with the limited sample size, well, no, no kidding, Kent. He was an X receiver that was lined up ISO'd to the backside of the formation on five of the six plays. The only play he was not lined up as a ISO player is when they decided to run an I, a Y ISO look. At that point, he basically ran a one-on-one -on -one backside route type route anyway on a hitch and go so i'm excited about what we saw to justin ross for sure six snaps four targets two drops two catches a very unique experience there is a very obvious opportunity for him to continue to roll to grow and get better and become a viable option and i don't know if he already is a viable option he was getting open and patrick mahomes was finding the football to him he got him the ball four times in six plays. Now it's just going to be a matter of, yes, there's probably going to be some predictability when he's on the field. It's going to be a very restricted role. But what we saw out of him, I 
the routes, the the process to get to get to the catch was was great, and he just needed a little bit more consistency consistency catching the football. So for me, the drops obviously aren't good, but they're not overly concerning to me. Um, I I knew I was gonna say this actually. It it's worth noting that both of the drops were on similar plays. He had to adjust his hands while squared up to the ball and kind of working back to it, and neither throw was particularly high. That sounds a lot like an MVS-type catching situation. I'm not saying it's going to be the same. Like, Justin Ross didn't have that issue at Clemson the way that MVS has in the NFL. It was just notable that both drops came on a similar type of play, and I believe he's had another play like that this year, whether I can't remember if it was the preseason or in the regular season, where he was catching a ball in a comeback that he let get into his body because he didn't get his hands on. It's like, that's just, it's notable, right? That's something to, to, to note going forward. And then to your point, Kent, if he is limited to an X role and you don't have faith in him catching balls on comebacks like that because it's something you might, I don't know, you might be seeing a pattern of, that limits an already limited role even more. I, I, I'm just throwing out a reason that could be the slow build of him putting out there. Now, that said, he's getting open in a way that Justin Watson and Marquez Valdez Scantling can't. He made a play, a nice catch. And obviously, Watson made a lot of great catches. We've seen MVS make great catches too. So, like, all of these big X wide receivers are capable of making the highlight real catch. But when we saw Ross, we got to see him get open better than the other two X wide receivers did, look more athletic in the process. And you saw him make a couple, like, a really good high leverage catch on that third down on kind of the slot fade from the reduced alignment, right? So, you clearly saw the upside. I just do think that you maybe got a flash too of what could be holding him back. And it's, he's limited, like you said, probably to the X wide receiver role. And if you don't have full trust in him on that entire X wide receiver route tree, now that they do MVS or Justin Watson, it's not like they're catching a ton of those routes. But if you don't have that faith in him, that's a really, really limited role. I, I do want to add this context here. Uh, just so we know, because you're talking about a route tree. I think he's a very defined X. I don't know if it's not a lack of trust entirely in the route tree, and here's why. He ran six different routes on six different plays. So it was it was a wide variety of 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 looks there. He ran uh I'll read the KCSN article, I'll tell you about all the all the routes he ran. But I will just say, you know, some in breaking, some vertical. He had a he had six different routes. In the game, in the in the in the game, he uh, an in breaking out break. I mean, he he had it all. Um, so that was kind of interesting. I think it is a body catching issue, though, for sure. And I don't like I don't know entirely what to make of of the body catching issue. Like even one of the completions I think he had was a body catch. He had the slot fade, you know, extending right over his over his head. Everything else was into the body, and he was one for three catching stuff into the body. So. Two of them in tight areas, really. One of them was just a hitch, but two of them were kind of in tight areas, you know, with with congestion. So, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Craig, I'm sorry for jumping in. Please, please uh, continue here with what you. Uh, uh, thank yeah. you for apologizing to me, Kent. I, I really needed that apology for well, Maddie interrupting. I mean, Maddie just, just jumps in and just doesn't let me transition no, the show. He does it, but I when appreciate do, your. When, when do I interrupt Craig? It's true. You you don't ever do that. No, what, Weird how that no the Justin Ross, I, I think I even said it in the preseason that this is a guy, if the Chiefs are going to trust Patrick Mahomes and some of these receivers to be more ball winners at the catch point, which they certainly added a bunch of those types of guys this offseason, it can help beat man coverage. I think we saw it. We all marveled and drooled over that slot fade that, that Justin Ross ran. And Patrick Mahomes saw basically... This man is even with the corner to you know maybe slightly leading him. I have an opportunity to let my guy go win the ball. And he did. It was a phenomenal catch, went up and got it. If that's all Justin Ross is to this offense, is the ability to go up and win balls in those types of scenarios, that is a massive boom to this offense because they still don't have guys that can beat man coverage. I know that we've been saying this. For a couple years now, basically since Tyreek Hill left this team, they don't have a guy that they that can consistently beat man coverage. I'm not saying that Justin Ross needs to be on the field a ton, that he's going to go out there and he's going to have, you know, several hundred yard games against man coverage. They don't need that. What they need is somebody that can go out there and make it so a defensive coordinator can't just line up and say, 
we want your receivers to be our guys. And if they start doing it, yeah, we'll back off. Justin Ross is the type of player that you can throw up to and you can say, yes, go win the ball. Very low risk maneuver there. It's not like he's going to pop it up into the air to a safety. It's either going to be a completion or it's going to go out of bounds or something like that. It's fine. It's a very safe throw for Patrick Mahomes to throw on that particular play. You hit a couple of those. Now, all of a sudden, defensive coordinators don't want to be in man coverage against that guy. They want to shade a little bit more. They want the safety to collapse a little bit more. They want something to pull the thread a little closer to some of those types of things. And the best way to do that is either to move the safety over, opening up the middle of the field for Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey, or you switch to zone coverage, which once again opens up things for Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. You just need one man coverage threat that you can rely on a little bit more. Again, I'm not saying he's going to go out and get 40% of the snaps, just a little bit more than they've been able to rely on somebody to beat man at this point in the offense this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play the bad guy here for all of this. Please do. Um, oh, I, of course. <clears throat> and like I think Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice deserve more snaps. I want to see them get more snaps because right now the wide receiver room I don't see where MVS is going to get better than what he has. But he'll have an explosion an explosive game coming up. I just don't think it'll get better. Justin Watson, I, there's no way it gets better than what it is right now, right? Like, and that's not a knock. That's just he's playing great, and this is a he's wide receiver one. Yeah, this is better than what you could have imagined for him. Like I don't, and I don't have a lot of faith that Sky Moore is going to get better, right? So like, this isn't saying that anyone's going to get better, but here it is. We're already talking about how much difficulty we think Patrick Mahomes is having trusting these all these new guys to run the right routes and beliefs are going to do the right things. Can we realistically clamor to put in two essential rookies for more snaps on top of that and say, hey, now we're going to give two more guys who clearly don't have a full grasp on the playbook yet, like we've seen qualms in you know whether it's catching whether it's route running whether it's being like needing help getting aligned we have seen qualms with them already this year preseason regular season is that realistic to ask for both of them to be getting more snaps at the risk of granted they're not playing well but at the risk of the belief that either the coaching staff or the quarterback have in the veterans if i'm sitting here and i'm having to choose one guy to put more snaps to no offense to Ross. From what we've seen, I'm giving him to Rishi Rice. That is the guy that I'm focusing on getting the more reps first. Yes. If I have leftover <clears throat> space, I absolutely would love for it to be Ross. I just don't know how much faith the offensive coaching staff and the quarterback have to put two young guys out there who are still clearly learning the playbook at the same time. Have we talked about Kadarius Tony at all on this episode? Yeah, and then you know, I mentioned that he that he's one of the better people with the ball in his hands. Okay, it's just interesting. Anything nice to say, so it's like one of those situations. It's just interesting to me how little we've even mentioned his name. Like it's just how quiet he is and how quiet this all is. And when we there was so much hope and optimism that he would, you know, and here we are. It's just it's interesting when, when he's got the ball in his hands. I'm fine with it. Like he, he really is. Like he, he's good with the ball in his hands. There's a role for him on this team. It just seems like, and hey, you know, credit to Andy here. They they need him for the stretch run. Like they do. They need somebody that's a little more dynamic that can create a little bit more. I'm fine <laughs> with not chewing him up and spitting him out and having him get hurt because once again, kind of limped off the field in this game after a week where he played just minimal snaps, just just rest the kid. Let, let him have a little more time because he is electric with the ball in his hands. You just don't want him to get hurt before you actually need him. He has... Go ahead. Nope. I was going to start an ad read. Your impeccable timing. Canary's Tony has 19 targets on the year. How many of those you guys that think have come behind the line of scrimmage? Uh, I would... Yeah, I was going to say, I'll go 11. I'll go a little more. It's, it's nine. It's nine. Nine behind the line of scrimmage. How many do you think have come beyond 10 yards? One. Three. It's three. The one catch is the wheel route from the backfield. This two yeah, that's one okay. Yeah. I assume they were from the Giants game. Uh, that's just what, you mean the Lions game? Lions game, yeah. The Lions yeah. game. So, yeah. I just, I, that's, that's probably why we haven't talked about him a lot, though. I, he's McCole Hardman. Right. Like that's what he's been for this Chiefs team. And there's value in that. It's just that isn't always something that it's a hard thing to talk about, I guess, because you have to create this. It's good when it happens, 
but also there's not a lot like I think of hope that builds into it. There's not a lot more expectation that goes into it. That's all. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Yes, that includes this week against the Denver Broncos on a Thursday night football game. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about some of that here uh, this week. But you can get on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code KCSN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 and older age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We've spent 30 minutes talking about the wide receiver room like it's June. Um, it's time to talk about something else. Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. Rewatch anything that stood out to you, anything that got you excited, anything that was interesting to you uh, from the defensive side of the ball, Matthew. Oh, starting with me. I was yeah. not ready for that. Yeah. Um, I okay, Legereus Need and Trent McDuffie deserve credit for what they did to Justin Jefferson. There was a lot of help. Um, you can't see it when you're watching the broadcast. It's very evident as the All-22 kind of came out right before we started this. You had to speed through it. There was a lot of brackets. There was a lot of safety help shaded over the top. And that's not a knock. That's what you do to number one. That's what you do to the best wide receiver in the NFL. Like, I don't I don't want to take anything away from them. Every team is doing this exact same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they still, that doesn't take away from LeJarius Steed or Trent McDuffie playing exceptionally well in these spots. But the Chiefs essentially did dedicate a, an extra body to stopping Justin Jefferson. And hey, guess what? It worked. And that's probably why Jordan Addison had a fantastic game. And Jordan Addison is also a good football player who also played very well. But like the Chiefs were putting a lot of effort into stopping Justin Jefferson. It worked. I think it clearly pushed Kirk Cousins to hold the ball at times. And it was unfortunate that the pass rush couldn't consistently get home to always capitalize on some of those plays, right? Like I think that's the big thing that's going to stick with me about this game and we'll probably get there. But coverage-wise... I thought Steve Spagnuolo did a great job giving help to the guys covering Justin Jefferson. McDuffie, Sneed did a great job being physical, undercutting every break that he actually made without over, you know, without taking the bait on some of the double moves to give windows for Kirk Cousins to drop it in. So like just the way they handled that entire process, I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I mean Steve Spagnuolo. Every defensive coordinator is going to bracket Justin Jefferson. That's what you do. Like it, it is. It's it's still it, it's like going up against Tyreek Hill. And saying, you know what? I trust that Carlton Davis is going to be able to run with it. Oh, wait. No, that happened against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How did that work in that quarter back when Tyreek Hill still played for the Chiefs? You don't do that. Those are silly decisions. And so, yes, of course they got help. Of course there were elements like that. But they were truly phenomenal. And it was making impact plays. Lacharius Sneed saved an opportunity for the Vikings to actually throw the ball into the end zone by jumping in front of that third and one play and swatting it to the ground. That was going to be a massive pass play. That was going, that still had plenty of time on the clock. Clock, I believe, yes, they had 42 seconds when they threw that pass. Again, that was from eh, around the Chiefs 28-yard line there. That was going to be up near midfield where that, that completion was going to occur there. The Vikings had Tons of time. Yeah, they didn't have a ton of, you know, timeouts left, but they had tons of time to get up there, clock the ball, throw another short pass, and give themselves an opportunity at a 30-yard pass, something that Kirk Cousins doesn't have to drop back forever on to try and wind up and throw a Hail Mary, allowing Mike Dana to do that. That is all a direct result of Ladarius Snead doing that, just like it's a direct result having Trent McDuffie blitzing Time and time again, coming off the, you know, huge on, you know, third and seven there, 
forcing an errant pass. Those are the types of plays that are going to stick with me. It's not going to be, you know, at the end of the year, us showing a whole bunch of, oh, look at how they locked up Justin Jefferson. That was terrific. We're going to remember the impact plays. But everything else, you know, has come along for both of these guys this season. I think we were all a little bit worried in the preseason about Trent McDuffie. It's like, okay, what's going to happen with him in his sophomore year? He's been phenomenal. A blue chip player. I think we're all worried. Okay, what's going to happen with the Jarius Need? His injuries. He was an impact player for this defense. Can he pick up the coverage a little bit more? He has. He's a blue chip player. This Chiefs secondary has two elite cornerbacks on their team right now. And they've got a guy coming that's going to help with the pass rush in Charles Aminahue in the next couple of weeks as well. They are an incomplete, unfinished defense right now. But those two playing out of their minds with help on the way, there is plenty of reason to believe that they can lock up some of the offenses that they're about to see and the pass rush can improve. If both of those things happen, good God, look out. Like This defense will be really, really scary. I will say, I, I wanted to add one thought I just had watching this game with uh, with this the Vikings. I thought, <laughs> this, I'm not dunking on Kirk. I know I've had my commentary on Kirk. Kirk played the most unremarkable Kirk Cousins game ever. Like, he just, it wasn't bad. He didn't put the ball at risk. He didn't make any big throws that wowed you. He just... He just was extremely unremarkable. And honestly, hey, look, that will keep you in a lot of football games if you're the Minnesota Vikings. He was not, it was, there was no variance. It was just right down the middle, Kirk Cousins. And I didn't, he didn't make any play, throws that just like blew me away. He also didn't make any just ginormous, crucial mistakes in that game. And that's just something that was kind of interesting to me. Um, and he, you know what? He, he did a good job of, hey, look, Justin Jefferson getting some extra attention. Let's go find some. Let's go find some other options out there. Craig's ready to go defend Kirk. I, 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 just, I do want to say this. How it wasn't. It wasn't dunking on him. How do you take a sack with five seconds left? Oh yeah, and yard line. Oh, he rebound. turtled. He turtled up on the sack too. Like it yeah. wasn't like he got hit trying to give him. <laughs> you got to gotta let that shit fly. Like, yeah, no, okay, now listen. He took a couple shots earlier in that game. You know, they've been ribs were hurting. We, you know, yeah. you watch quarterback. I've never seen someone punish themselves more and and look like they're pu- getting punished more than Kirk Cousins too. Like that dude, it just he looks like one of us trying to go just drop back and make some of these throws just getting thrown around. I'm going to defend Kirk Cousins. I thought he played pretty well. Um they couldn't run the ball. Steve Spagnuolo clearly had their pass protection and you know their calls, you know, locked up with some of his blitz calls. They were getting free rushers nonstop and the hot guys weren't actually getting open as a hot guy needed to. So uh eh, I thought Kirk Cousins played fine until that last play. Like I'm with Craig there. That last play you can't take that sack and he kind of gave it up. So like that part, not great, but I I thought Kirk Cousins played pretty well. It was it just it was right down the middle, Kirk Cousins. It wasn't anything remarkable. It was just it was just steady Eddie. Getting the ball in the flat when he had to, forcing the team to tackle when he had to. Just no big time throws. Um, anything else on the defensive side of the ball, Craig? You have the floor now. You you get to kind of give us any insights that you felt were in, were interesting from the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Drew Tranquil is really tough. Uh, that sounds like he was in a lot of pain and played a hundred percent of the snaps and needed to because I mean I, I think everybody uh, that was in the KCSN Discord had the same thought when he was laying on the on the on the turf for a little bit there. It was, oh no. Who's the backup linebacker? Mike linebacker. Oh, that's Jack Cochran. Maybe Leo Chanel. We did we didn't get an opportunity to see that. Really tough that out. That was super important. Steve Spagnola had nothing but praise for him today, as he should. He really has been phenomenal. This team has been able to take it easy with Nick Bolton and get him as healthy as he needs to be for this team to go further in the offseason. You know, it's fine giving him these opportunities to rest. It's just typically when that happens, there is a significant downturn in play, and there's not been that at all. I mean, there are people out there that believe that there is not any sort of downturn between the two players at this point. But 
Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm not naming names. I'm just saying there are people out there that truly believe that. These are great problems to have, phenomenal problems to have. And arguably, you know, we, we haven't seen Charles Aminahieu on the field yet. Drew Tranquil right now is leading the clubhouse in offseason moves right now. And it's not even particularly close. He has been the best one this offseason so far. It's been really impressive to watch him work, to watch him operate the defense. When I talk to DJ and Mike about that, they talk all the time about consistently and ha- or consistency and having that singular voice in the huddle and the ability to recognize you know, what that person wants, how they want things blocked up front, how they want things on the back end, how you want everything laid out on defense. It is a testament to how quickly and how football smart Drew Tranquil is that he can step in and essentially say, I'm filling the Nick Bolton role. We're going to operate the same way that we have been, and we're not going to miss a beat while doing so. And that's just been really impressive for me to watch. I know we, we've been shouting him out lately, but now this is three games in a row that he has done that. It is immensely impressive that he's been able to do so. You know what's going to frustrate me? Uh, hey, yo, we, we still exist. We're still here. You know, Super hey, Bowl live champions. Hey, hang hey, out. A little love. You guys, you guys uh, look great. A Niners fan asking if uh, if Chiefs fans still exist. I wonder if April exists the last time the Niners won a Super Bowl. Whoa, thirty years. Whoa, just hey, you're gonna you're gonna yeah, jump in. You're gonna jump in. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take the heat. So uh, April, if you're still here, we'd love to know if you were alive last time the Niners won a Super Bowl. That <laughs> oh, <laughs> linebacker talk. Oh, <laughs> no, no. I, Good I, back I, to Fred I, Warner right there for the Niners. Uh, yeah, look, now listen, don't get, don't get me talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah about that. one of that guy in that draft. As long as as long as you don't have him, you know, run with like one of the fastest receivers in the NFL on a forty yard, you know, corner route. Like he's chilling. He, he's pretty good. Um, okay, Drew Tranquil, very good. Been very good in the uh, placement of Nick Bolton. What I want to see when Nick Bolton comes back, I want to see these two on the field together. Now, <laughs> like I don't. I don't want to see Drew Tranquil drift back into being not a part-time player, but a non-full-time player just because Nick Bolton comes back. I get it. Only one linebacker is going to be out there for the dime. It should and hey, oh. it should be Drew Tranquil, right? Like it should be. We, we the, riot. The plays he's made, the coverage plays he's made have been stuff that I don't know if Nick Bolton makes the same way, especially turning downfield, turning like back, turning backwards, having to turn his back to the ball. If it's in front of him, Bolton's pretty good in coverage. It's when he has to turn, he has to cover space. Drew Tranquil clearly is a superior player. But even if it's Bolton, just keep them on the field together. I would much rather see, and I thought he played a decent game, but I'd much rather see Willie Gay lose a few snaps for Nick Bolton and Drew Tranquil to play together. Mm-hmm. Even if it's Leo Chanel, I'd rather either one of them lose a couple snaps to keep Tranquil and Bolton on the field together. I actually think Nick Bolton's best position is as a weak side linebacker. I don't think he loves contact. He much prefers to avoid it and then just get to launch himself downhill through gaps. I, you can still call the plays. Is a weak side linebacker. It's not as common as a Mike doing it, but you can still do it. They can let him take the green dot back, keep it with Drew, and let Bolton play a little bit more free. I don't know how they'll handle it. I just don't want to see Bolton get Drew Tranquil off the field in light of other guys because I think that's their best group of players, right? Like that's their best group of linebackers is those two being on the field, and then you situationally rotate Willie Gay and Leo Chanel around. All right, y'all, it is sticker slaps and spirits time here at the end of this week's KC Laboratory. Uh, game ball, we already see that uh, some of the commenters are getting their game balls ready, so we'll keep an eye on those. Um, I am going to go with Jawan Taylor for my helmet sticker for today. Did not get a penalty the entirety of the game. I want to congratulate him on potentially breaking the schneid and getting off of the list for NFL referees. So, Jawan Taylor, a helmet sticker to you, good sir. Uh, butt slapping a good job, Matthew Lane. What say you? Oh, uh, you caught me off guard. Um, I'm gonna go with every. Let's go, George. Let's go, with Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, it's not it's not all the time where a guy goes down and what he thinks is a very serious injury. And I'm not saying it's not right, but I think we've you know most people are speculating a low ankle sprain which is the better of the ankle sprain varieties I guess but like it looked bad and he clearly didn't feel great and even coming out of halftime he goes up to coach Reed and says hey give me a minute let me get myself right for this I'm not he kept him keeps himself out of the game right but then he comes back in and from that moment on plays better than he did throughout the entire game 
that's that's huge. That's huge. what he did for them in the second half kind of helped secure them to win. He still was the go-to guy. He was looking as good as he did in the first half. We've all said it. Kelsey maybe hasn't looked as spry this year as he has in years past. Now, that could be the age. That could be, I don't know, Hyper extending his knee a couple weeks ago, right? Like, no, I mean, reason, he hasn't seemed like he has had the same level of juice as he had even when just last year. I'll tell you what, he caught that weird, funky sidearm broken play from Patrick Mahomes, and my guy hit a speed that I don't think he hit all year to split those defenders and pick up a first down. <laughs> it was only for about five yards, but he hit a speed that I don't think we've seen him hit yet this year. He also made that amazing, you know, kind of like jumping, diving backwards catch. Like, he came back and made some huge plays for this team that mattered on even more of one leg. So a little butt slap on a good job for Travis Kelsey. Whole ass bottle of Ben Holiday bourbon to Mike Edwards. Mike Edwards is seeing more snaps for this defense, uh, rotating in for Brian Cook in, you know, not just, you know, dime looks. He's he's in there in the nickel. He's in there in the base defense as well for entire drives. Steve Spagnuolo, we talked about this, rotates guys in. Guess who has the most passes interfered with on the team? It's Mike Edwards. Like, he has. He he is tied for that level. It, he's the only one with an interception. He's got three PBUs, and he's doing so in limited snaps. He is always around the ball. We saw it once again on yet another play this week where Trent McDuffie had excellent coverage, but Mike Edwards over the top helps close it out and make sure that the receiver doesn't get an opportunity to make a play on the ball. Mike Edwards has really shown up in a big, big, big way I, we're going to see him make plays this season, just impact plays regularly, but it's been him as a guy that's out there topping a lot of these routes as a blitzer. He was terrific as well, made an excellent tackle as well out in the open field. Mike Edwards is by far his best game as a chief yet, and he's getting more opportunities that he's earned. So a whole last bottle of bourbon to Mike Edwards. Run through some of the game ball nominations. Rasheed Rice for not dropping the ball. The entire Chiefs secondary. Uh, Albert Wil- Wilkinson says the game ball goes to April Love. Um, <laughs> Chiefs Kelsey goes with McDuffie. Uh, so we got a few of those there. Yeah, let's just go the entire secondary, not just Mike Edwards. We'll, we'll, we'll go game ball for the entirety of the secondary. They definitely earned it. We're going Shout to be back. Derek Naughty. He made a great tackle on a run play that was probably going to go for a touchdown. Gonna and go grabbed and everything back. Yeah, that was going to be a huge game. Like That was going to be a game changer. And Derek Nottie, just like in that Super Bowl victory over April's 49ers, Derek Nottie kind of saves the day yet again. He also closed the jet the running back on the way to that tackle, too. Legally. <laughs> it, it was awesome. Get himself a jet ski, and he's ready. Uh... Justin Mead also just left a super chat for everyone to smash that like button. Yes, you should. Did he just give us a couple bucks to help us promote our channel? Shout out Justin Mead, my man. Appreciate you. I think about slapping a good job if I've ever that's heard a, of one. That's a yeah, that's a sticker slap, a spirit, and a game ball for Justin Mead. Thank you, Justin Mead. Um, yeah, we're it's a, obviously tight schedule this week, right? Chiefs play on Thursday night. We were we're gonna have a live show myself. Craig Stout, Maddie Lane, and of course the wonderful, perfect Tucker D. Franklin will all be hanging out at the Kingdom Bar and Grill, ready to. Uh, hopefully, y'all come hang out with us because we're really excited to be back there. Um, we'll be here on Wednesday as well. I think you're going to get only Weird Games and uh, Casey Laboratory on Wednesday, so get ready for that. You're going to have all those shows there, ready to go, and we'll be doing a live post game show, all three of us after the game. So that is going to do it for the Monday edition of the Casey Laboratory. Thank you all so, so, so much for listening. Even Niners fans, we appreciate you. We'll catch you later. Nothing witty, Maddie? Live the 33ers. Oh, there it is. <laughs>